I, and I am so thrilled, guys. I'm gonna. <laughs> you're, you know you're what? Like, you're one of the few people actually excited about it. So <laughs> I, I have three David Reagan T-shirts. I've paid maybe, maybe ten dollars for the three of them. One of them was from Brian. It came for free. I think. Oh. I, think you... I didn't. I don't know if I can't remember. I know I you? sent one your way. I don't know if I actually sent you one, but I found one on eBay for like five dollars and was like, you should buy this. I bought that did. one. Yeah, the UPS one. You sent me uh, one of the front row shirts. The the freight auctions or whatever. Sure. Oh, you, you had it rolled up in there with like another order. I think I, I got something that was actually cool, and you tucked the David Reagan shirt in there, which I, that was thoughtful. That there you go. Right. And then I uh, I bought one from David Reagan's website once that was supposed to be autographed. That was five dollars, and it was not. It showed up. Oh, yeah, this fucking that. heather gray, <laughs> shitty like depressed sweatpant color. Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, it was our fault. We made a mistake. Spotter said it was clear. I wasn't clear, and, you know, I, I didn't want to tear my car up, tear his car up either. I respect everybody, and I demand respect. And, you know, I apologized to the guy when he came over the car, explained to him what happened, and then he took it to another level when he started calling me an idiot and whatever else. And I don't appreciate that. I'm not going to take it. I told him how I feel. I called him out. He didn't show. You know, and so, you know, I'm good with it. He's good with it, but I'm not going to be disrespected by no means. Yeah, I guess uh, I had a dinner date at Applebee's last night that I didn't find out until it was too late. It's a shame love their riblets and boneless wings, but... Uh... All right, folks. We are back at Applebee's. This is your motorsports hibernation podcast. Winter is here, finally. It's, here. it's snowing in Cleveland. Uh, it's snowing a little bit where Rob is, and it's definitely not snowing at all where Ashley is. So, folks, how are we doing this week? But it's cold. Yeah, I'm cold. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much where that lands. I'm I'm cold as shit, Brian. Yeah. Well, welcome welcome to life, pal. The world is cold and hard. So is a. See you next week. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so uh, to start the show off. On. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we're here to talk about some racing stuff. I mean, some stuff happened. Obviously, there was not a whole lot of on-track action this week. We saw F1 wrap up their season with a shocking finish by uh, Max Verstappen getting the final victory of the season. Who would have saw that coming? And uh, Kyle, another sh- another shocking victory in. Uh, California in the Midget Series. Uh, who won that race, Rob? Oh, that's right. Another another little turkey. Uh, I was going to call it the Turkey Derby. That's a different race altogether. Turkey Night Grand Prix going to Kyle Larson yet again. He pretty much won everything you could possibly win out in the West Coast swing for USAC, which is, is no surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, that race is kind of a bummer, to be honest, uh, especially with the, how good the rest of the racing in California was earlier in the week. But, uh, you know, those long races tend to be that way. They track rubbers up, and it is what it is, and everyone falls asleep, and they wake up to Kyle Larson uh, hosting a trophy, which, by the way, was pretty fucking cool. I don't know if you saw the trophy or not. Yes. thing was sick. So that's definitely one you want to win, and uh, I'm sure he'll clear out some NASCAR shit off the shelf to put that one in there front and center. So <laughs> was, it, was it shaped like a turkey? No, it's shaped like, um, oh, my God, I cannot believe I'm forgetting the guy's name. Um, it's an old ra- old USAC car. Yeah, old, it's, shaped, uh, it, it's like a giant. Shaped like an old man. Giant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a giant model of a sprint car on a, on a wooden plank, uh, okay. essentially. It was fucking sick. Uh, okay. I'll find a picture of it. Cool. But Congrats to Larson. Uh, that's the last time you'll see him in a midget until, uh, I don't know when, because he's not going to the Chili Bowl. So uh, other people might have a chance this year. So. <laughs> Maybe Tanner Thorson will get it again, but we'll get into all that in a little bit, I think. This actually was a lot of short track shit that happened over the weekend. Uh, 
But uh, also NASCAR sort of not silly season, but uh, off season news is in full fucking swing right now. Um, and there's uh, there's a lot of a lot of nonsense to talk about in that regard. <laughs> a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> I guess I guess let's start out with. Uh... I don't know, the big news of the day, I guess, and really the last 24 hours, and that's been uh, RFK's uh, Team 60, uh, which there's been a lot of of rumors and speculation, but I would think at this point there, all those rumors are pretty much wrapped up with uh, the video uh, coming out today revealing... Not necessarily revealing who the driver is, but pretty much revealing a, who the driver a, is. A Georgian man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think the most of us... The bride of Dilla, or wherever the fuck he's from. <laughs> I think most of us, when we first saw this come out yesterday, we thought this was going to be an Xfinity team. Uh, you know, obviously they're using the, the number 60 for this, and that's pretty well known as being Mark Martin's number in all those years he was kicking ass in, in the Winn-Dixie car. Yep. Uh, but nope, today it was revealed that the 60 car is going to be in the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, the video that came out, as we alluded to, uh, definitely pretty clearly shows it's, it's one particular driver who's got some plate experience for uh, Roush and Ford in general. And uh, again... It, not for sure, but let's just say it's almost definitely David Reagan. Oh, yeah. I think yes. people thought it could be Carl Edwards. People Woo! thought maybe Jamie McMurray. But nope, Rob's the one who wins out on this one. It's, <laughs> it's going to be David well, Reagan. Well, we'll so. see. It can, watch it be Trevor Bain, and we'll all be disappointed. But <laughs> <laughs> definitely a possibility. <laughs> I, th- I think he popped into my head for a second, but I don't know. Has his experiment with Gibbs wrapped up yet? I guess that's the big question there. Ah, uh, who knows? But he does have a lot of history at Roush, and they held on to him for a long time. And I know that everyone over there uh, seems to have a positive experience with him. So I wouldn't be, and he's pretty good at play tracks too. So I wouldn't be surprised if it ended up being him. But all signs, including the internet, um, sort of speculating, uh, seems to point to David Reagan being in the car. Of course, uh, if you guys don't know me, I'm a uh, the only major David Reagan <laughs> fan here. Outside <laughs> Georgia, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, probably, this... I, I, I would say there's probably more Ken Reagan fans than David Reagan fans, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just I, I I feel like guys or not guys, but I mean teams, sponsors, whoever. This silhouette model of a reveal just it it, it always ends up like getting figured out within a couple hours. Like there's never right. one unless unless it's a complete red herring where you have like again like Jimmy Spencer, but then the actual driver is, is Trevor <laughs> Payne. They t- people need to start doing that. If you yeah. start doing that, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy Spencer had a unique shape. It's funny how everyone <laughs> likes to talk about how all the drivers look exactly the same until a silhouette comes out and everyone's mm-hmm. a fucking forensics expert, expert all of a sudden and they know exactly who it is. But uh, yeah, lots of lots of white guys with that sort of shape, but um, the only one that hasn't really said that because um, I thought it might be Jamie McMurray as well, but I guess uh, I didn't listen to that I mean, deal. I don't think his hair was spiky enough in that silhouette. That's true. Uh, and he did say he wasn't gonna come back to straight plate races right brian i didn't listen yeah, to that he did. download he, he episode was, but he was very clear about that he had zero desire to get back into a plate I, car i kind of put him in the same category as david reagan he's an experienced guy who does well at plate tracks so uh that wouldn't have surprised me at all uh, but you know david's got history there and he's again very good at plate racing so uh that's probably a good pickup and if you're roush uh, you definitely want some more firepower out there uh definitely worth the risk of trying to field a third car that doesn't have a charter um. Now, I guess the question with this 
team, especially now that it's been revealed that this is going to be a 500 car, like what exactly is this whole project? Because I, I, I did already see someone making comparison to Trackhouse's Project 91, which, I mean, maybe there could be something to that. But if also, if you understand Jack Roush and especially Brad. What they, they call it? Stroke, stroke 60 or step 60 or... <laughs> Stage 60, that's what it was. Stage 60, yeah. <laughs> Stroke if, 60. If, if you really know the history of Roush and, and Brad, they are very much like pro-America guys, and I don't see them necessarily bringing in any sort of outside uh, outside the country or outside of NASCAR drivers to, to get in this car. Uh, if, it, if we're going to start off with David Reagan, I feel like this is probably just going to be maybe one of those teams that, A, you know, beef up extra Ford, extra Roush presence at plate tracks, or maybe they will do some Xfinity stuff. And this is where bring back some of the old guys. Like maybe you will see Jamie McMurray or Carl Edwards in this car. If they were to put it in Xfinity or a short track or something, you know, like who the hell knows? It's also a good way to try out people in cup too, and bring some names that you wouldn't normally, uh, like a Travis Pastrana type deal, like, uh, like track house did, or sorry, that was, uh, that was 2311. Maybe Frankie Muniz shows up. <laughs> Maybe we'll get Brian Cranston in there, too, yeah. you know? Like. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of y'all didn't have to sit through the huge fight these two had in group chat today over whether it was Justin Haley or not. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was a fight. I just no, used, my, I used my logistical tactics to— It was a knockdown, to... drag out. No, it was very clearly— text deep. I opened my phone. I was like, dear God. <laughs> I gave very specific reasons as to why there's no way that's, that would happen, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. And Rob, 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 rebut those if he wants, but he knows them, right? Well, I mean, I, I don't think it's—I think David Reagan or somebody else is probably likely, oh, yeah. but my argument was that Justin Haley, uh, he signed with Rick Ware, obviously. It's a long-term contract, uh, but Brad Keselowski and uh, Steve Newmark were in the room, and it sounds like they have total executive control over who gets signed to Rick Ware Racing. So uh, it seems to me, and I, again, all of Brian's points were pretty valid. Like, why would you okay. take your full-time guy and move him over to a part-time car or a one-off or something like that? Uh, I, I don't know, but it's not the first <laughs> time that this shit has happened. I mean, you saw Front Row kind of throw that away with uh, Todd Gilliland kind of hanging him out to dry mm-hmm. to bring in Zane Smith. So it's not the first time a Ford team has done that sort of thing. And uh, Justin Haley's very good at plate racing, so could be. Yeah. But then again, he's also got a charter over at Rick Ware, so you know, it all, yeah. who knows? It's not. It's probably not him. But also, at the end of the day, if I ended up being right about that, I wouldn't be surprised either. Uh, no, it's stranger, not. stranger things have happened over at the, nah. the, 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 the photo. He was it was way too tall. <laughs> yeah, he's only like three feet tall, and that silhouette was taller yeah. than that. Yeah, I was looking at like the helmet size. Is like does it look like a child that's holding the helmet, or does it look like a full grown adult that's holding the helmet? And that's kind of yeah. where I. But again, well, wouldn't be the first time that sort of thing has happened, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Ford do some goofy shit like that or have their hand in it to sort of improve their chances. But again, if Rick Ware is working out of the building and uh, Roush has such a heavy hand in things, then uh, why not just lend a hand over there to the car that he's already going to be running in? So, yeah, I, it's not Justin Haley. But <laughs> it is David Reagan. It sounds like into that I'm going to crack this celebratory bush. Let's get that on nice. camera here. Oh, yeah. It's just audio for you guys, but everyone else will see that in a little bit. And we're, we're just going to go ahead and put this in my body loudly here. Ah, you guys hear that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, mm-hmm. on to 
the next stupid thing that I saw today. Well, Two times super speedway winner, David Reagan, folks. <laughs> I, I should actually I shouldn't say the RFK thing was stupid, but this this quote from Steve Phelps that I saw today was fucking stupid. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's let let's, me... let's take the blame off us and put it on somebody else here for a second. <laughs> so there was uh, Steve Phelps did some interview, uh, some press conference or something with somebody, and and that kind of went out today publicly and. You know, in talks of improving the the cup car for next year, uh, horsepower was brought up, which is something that drivers, crew members, team members, so many people have said this is going to be one of the this is one of the things that would help fix the current car. This isn't even a current car discussion either. This has been offered up with the for, previous for car many years. For, I yeah. mean, double it, the, digits. The, yeah. the five fifty package has been around for a handful of years now, so it's, this isn't new. But here's the quote. And uh, I'm going to credit you, Twitter user Avery Hage as pointing this out because their quote tweet was, I am going to go insane, and you will also go insane after you listen to this, <laughs> this quote. <clears throat> I don't think the answer is more horsepower because more horsepower is expensive, Phelps said. If you ask a driver what's going to solve it, they're always going to say, give me more horsepower. It's a thing. I'm not a driver, but I've listened to enough drivers, and that's their solution. So the question is, is that really what it is? I don't know. I think there's some gearing things that we're looking at as well, some shifting things. Every fucking driver says that's what's going to fix it. Is that what's going to fix it? I don't know. I'm not a driver. Okay, fuck. Like, yeah. you know, there's a I, very I, famous I, Tony Stewart quote bitching about the exact same thing about horsepower at the car tomorrow. Um, I'll try and find that quote, uh, but yeah, this is such an old back and forth we've always yeah. seen between drivers and the brass at NASCAR, and it just and always is frustrating for everyone involved. You know, I know Doug Yates was one of the guys that pointed out, like, it wouldn't take much to give this car more horsepower, and maybe not necessarily, like, doubling it back up to over to 1,000 horsepower, but it, it wouldn't take that much money to get the cars back up to speed again in that sense, and... Yeah. I also know from speaking to other NASCAR crew members that NASCAR themselves and the manufacturers themselves want to keep the horsepower numbers lower. Uh, you know, that's based off production cars. It's based off how, you know, the U.S. passenger car market, like just, you know, gas engines are going away. Hybrid engines are becoming yeah. a thing. There so. will be hybrids in NASCAR at some point in the next five to ten years. There's for sure. There's no sure. question yeah. about that. And that's no, no question in my mind that this is the... NASCAR's hesitance to up the horsepower in any significant way is directly connected to that. Yeah. It's it's just I think it's funny to see all the excuses that NASCAR comes up with to avoid this fix because they just it, they just change every time and then again this display of ignorance where every driver says they want it but I don't know if it's going to help like Asshole, the people actually on the track yeah. driving the cars are telling you what will fix the problem and you don't want to listen to them because, like, again, it's not it's not fitting into the bigger picture. Um, so the, the one thing I've seen, and I'm again, I'm just coming in here hot with all sorts of sources that I've forgotten. I did see somebody on Twitter explain that the amount of horsepower it would take to overcome the arrow um, would be well over the 100 or 150 that NASCAR might be willing to consider like they'd almost have to run these engines unrestricted is kind of what i gather like we're talking like 900 thousand horsepower or something like that which i'm here for i'd love yeah. to see that shit <laughs> but i again i don't think that uh, any of the oems or uh nascar wants to do that because that's um you know bass backwards to what um their initial or end goal is 
which yeah. is to bring the horsepower down to more matched street cars and uh, introduce a hybrid power unit at some point. Uh, but yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. You know, if you if you you can give more horsepower, but it's not going to fix the problem, and you're not willing to give enough horsepower to fix the problem, then you know, kind of at a standstill. So I, yeah, I guess yeah. focus on the fucking gearing then. You know, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you want to keep comparing cars to passenger cars, how many fucking uh, Camrys or Ford Fusions or whatever the fuck is even on the track these days? How many of them have, have, (laughs) you know... Uh, the shifting, you know, the straight shifting patterns. How many, like, how many fucking things do these cars have that street cars don't have? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, You want to make the product good for the fans and for the drivers, then you know, change, you can change some shit how it used to be. A big old backup camera in there, though, that's mandatory, so. (laughs) They do, they do have that, (laughs) yes. Um, So, yeah, I I think those are the two big news stories for the day, if you guys have anything else to bring up here. True Love, how's it going down there in Georgia on this most holy of days? It is a, it's a national holiday. It's a raft of emotions down in Georgia, is it? Well... (laughs) Well, whose birthday is it? It's it's Chase Elliott's birthday, so it's the national holiday in Dawsonville. Probably, oh, I don't know. I haven't checked into the. Yeah, you haven't looked out the window. Legality today. of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's too cold out there. Yeah. <laughs> and then David Reagan getting his then, big yeah. his big ride. You know, he's coming back. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, a David Reagan question for you, uh, since we're still celebrating oh. here. Uh, <laughs> You've seen him at a bunch of like parades and stuff around there, right? What's that big, uh, uh, that big rally? Yeah, uh, what? <laughs> not, 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 not like that. <laughs> yeah, in the '80s, but um, like a moonshiners. Uh, yeah, once a year, every fall they have the moonshine festival, and uh, I think it was uh, two years ago, maybe that David and Ken were like the special guests. I think Ken was the grand marshal or something. That's cool. So just staying around signing autographs. Yeah, the Grand Marshal, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not anything no, else. No wizards or dragons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Well, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of uh, people voting who their favorites are, um, NASCAR is about to wrap up the uh, most popular driver uh, fan vote. And that's been kind of making the rounds on the internet. Uh, and I've never actually seen this before. You guys seemed less surprised by this than me. But yeah. they're showing who the top five uh, in the vote in alphabetical order, which is funny to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do this like every year, I think. But a couple days before voting in, so put out the top five for whatever reason yeah no real surprises on that it's pretty much exactly who you'd expect i think you know kyle bush i I can't again i don't remember if he's been on there before he he has been i've i've noticed his name on there at least the last couple years yeah i mean there's a lot of eminem shirts out there and always have been so you kind of have to assume that chase elliott of course uh happy birthday uh clyde (laughs) (laughs) he's of course on the list ryan blaney kyle larson and i forget who else is the who's the fifth one chastain my boy chastain okay that might have been the most shocking one to me but yeah seriously I, I, even as a chastain fan i'm a little i'm a little shocked to see him on there but uh, i was surprised I that harvick didn't at least make the top five right his final year yeah that's that's a little because he always gets huge cheers during driver intros yeah he never knows yeah. who he is and a lot of that a lot of those popularity contests are well, it's all online right yeah maybe his fan base is too old to 
No, how do you yeah, see it? They're still it? trying to mail in votes for Bill Elliott, so <laughs> they can't figure it out. Uh, Xfinity was exactly who you'd expect, I think. Uh, Austin yeah. Hill was not on there because he's a, no. a mean old mean guy. <laughs> but Sheldon Creed was on there, and uh, Justin Allgaier, Josh Bear, exactly who you'd expect. The see, big Creed. surprise, I think, was the truck series, right? With uh, I was going to say, Creed, Creed was a little surprising to see on there. I feel like it's... I would have seen one of the younger boys on there or something. I feel like Martinsville well, was kind of the, the, the turning of the tide there yeah. and how much yeah, attention he bit. got. I feel like there is a lot of recency bias, which, again, makes it all the more surprising that Kevin Harvick yeah. was not involved. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I, the big surprise for me, though, was Matt DiBenedetto being included in the top five uh, for the truck series. Yeah. I forget that he exists most of the time. Well, he doesn't. He's not a truck series driver anymore. Not he's, anymore. He's no ride. Well, you know. <laughs> he's going to be. It's not. They're not voting for next year. They're voting. He's going to be grinding tires at the fairgrounds next year for, <laughs> for like a Fort like Gavin Bochelle or some shit. So. <laughs> I was surprised he's to see he's that. He's going to Brazil, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's going to go race in the Brazilian series because NASCAR is going down there. I guess they already are. Who knows? Where do you watch I that? Don't I don't fucking know. It's not on flow racing. I can tell you that much. <laughs> But yeah, I guess you probably got what a day or two left to vote for that. Uh, we can all uh, go. It, yeah, it ends the Wednesday. Yeah, so. By the time you listen to this, it's too fucking late. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I, I gotta say, I feel like for the first time in 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 recent history, anyway, uh, it might not be Chase Elliott. It might not be. I don't know. I feel like I think it's gonna be Ryan Blaney or Chase. I think it's it's going to come down to those two because Blaney's put up a pretty a pretty good campaign this year to yeah. to get votes. But the funny thing is, it's like in this post when they announce these top five or whatever, there's comments below of people going, "All right, we need to all rally together to vote for one person to try to dethrone Chase." And even in the comments, they couldn't agree on one person to get behind. <laughs> so that's why Chase wins all the time. <laughs> it's because these other fan bases can't get it together. <laughs> Interesting parallels with the American political system, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can fucking agree. Yeah. But yeah, I think if it's a, if anybody could usurp Chase of that throne, it would be Ryan yeah. Blaney. It would be well, this year because he's a champion. Because yeah. uh, Kyle Larson fans, like, they're too busy typing in all caps on the internet or they're not they're never going to go to nascar.com either so yeah. <laughs> like me i'm not going to do that shit i don't vote in that unless it's ryan priest so and uh whoever else is in there if harvick's not in there then yeah it's yeah fucking stupid but we'll see um someone will get a i don't know what do you win for being the most popular driver fucking well, you get a nice trophy, and they put it in the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame because that's where they've all come from. <laughs> <laughs> they already got it set up in there. They just they just can't take the yeah. curtain off of it until uh, the vote's official. Until, uh. yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize until today that in the Xfinity Series, a uh, junior motorsports driver has won it every year since 2012. Well, I wonder whose fault that is. Surprise me, <laughs> yeah. A vote like, for all guy or is a vote for Dale Jr. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's that's such a such a funny thing. I don't think I've ever voted in that before. I vote uh, every single day. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm to be Fucking Bill Elliott fans. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're truly living up to your Elliott fandom right there. <laughs> You know, a daily trip to the post office. It gives me something to do in the off season. <laughs> <Post> <laughs> office. 
Hey, there's there's plenty of shit to watch in the off season. Uh, for example, the uh, Westminster Dog Show. Did you guys watch that on uh, on I, Thanksgiving? I didn't. No. I usually try to watch it, but I didn't get to this year. So it's on Fox now or FS1, and the parallels between and I guess it's just like blanket Fox Sports coverage is kind of the same no matter where you go. Uh, but mm. there are some striking similarities between uh, the dog show coverage and the, the truck series in NASCAR, which I thought was really funny. Chris Myers is there for some reason. Oh. It's always <laughs> funny to hear him talk about shit that is not football or NASCAR. Yeah. You know, and now come the Terriers. So, you know, it's just, <laughs> I kept waiting for Michael Waltrip <laughs> to show up, you know. Uh, but all the graphics were kind of the same. They did not have animated versions of the dogs, which I was pretty disappointed in. <laughs> really muscular. <laughs> Like a pug with a six-pack, you know? They didn't have that shit. But, uh, yeah, very funny to see that Fox's coverage uh, is uh, pretty much the same across the the board. (laughs) (laughs) Though it was a lot more serious uh, than... um, uh, than the NASCAR coverage. They probably do take it more serious than the truck series. Maybe because Mikey wasn't there. I don't know. Well, uh, Mikey Mikey does jail. Look at that. Look at that truck. Look at it go. (laughs) My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> he can't, he can't, Mikey can't develop crushes on any of the Well, dogs. these are the big, the best dogs in the world out here <laughs> on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs well, Mikey, football? Mikey, did y'all see that picture he posted, though, of him and Richard Petty together? No. Oh, God. I, 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 I think it was the older picture, but. Richard Petty had like his shirt unbuttoned all the way down to like his navel and he had on like two big gold chains and he's so tan. It was just Mikey standing there in his Michigan dad shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Take some hints, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at yeah, I found I found the picture now and, and uh it's, it's definitely older because yeah, uh he's wearing an Aaron's hat and Richard doesn't have that weird goatee he has now, but yeah, I mean, that's he—he's got like three chains on, two or three <laughs> chains on, going all the way down. Yeah, Richard's Richard fucking rules, man. I'm not a Richard Petty fan by any stretch, but the, the more do you think he's out? Okay, listen, this this is a weird question, but uh, listen, he's a widow now. Do you think he's back on the on the dating scene? Do you think he's he's out there? Uh, you know, any any lot lizards are finding up the track in Twin Peaks on a Wednesday night. Uh, no, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know, man. Handing out know. samples of goodies, headache powder yeah, to people. I mean, hey, listen, his his kid. It's around. His his kid is in his sixties and still having children. So it's a fertile bunch. Yeah. 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 Age ain't nothing but a number for Richard Petty <laughs> and Kyle. <laughs> Jesus. <Yeah. laughs> In that direction, the other direction is inappropriate, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so what else? Speak, speaking of inappropriate shit, uh, we did watch Stroker Ace last week, and we, we kind of had a big discussion mm-hmm. about other NASCAR movies that uh, may need to be recognized, and there's a lot that was kind of stuck in the back of my brain that I forgot about. True Love, you brought up Six Pack. Oh, yeah. I completely I did, forgot, I forgot about Six Pack. Another classic. So and uh, what was Kenny it? Greased Rogers. Lightning with uh, with Richard Pryor. That's another one on the yeah, recommended watch list. Another. And there was another one, I believe, too. Last American Hero. Uh, we did mention that one briefly. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of... If you, the listener, have any suggestions for other NASCAR movies that are worth the shit... 
or any racing movie in general uh, that we should check out. Um, there's going to be some of that in the off season, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll admit that that part of the reason why I, I chose the video I chose this week, which you know we'll we'll get to, uh, was because I was looking to see if Driven was on YouTube, and it's it not. is not, unfortunately, it's not for free. So uh, nothing's chained to the bottom of the fucking ocean. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We will watch. I will pay for us to watch Driven if it comes to that. But <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got Driven on VHS somewhere, so I, I'm we'll good. start a GoFundMe. But yeah, if you guys have any recommendations for movies uh, that are racing related that we haven't watched, I, I'm sure um, there's actually a lot of racing going on that we're probably about to get into that here. Uh, it's a very big week in late model racing um, with a lot of NASCAR stars involved. But uh, pretty much all the way up until middle of january there's something going on um whether you want to pay for it or not is up to you uh but everything is available on streaming these days uh, illegally but it's pretty much the chili bowl there's something happening almost every single weekend so it's not a total drought of racing till after the chili bowl and then we kind of have to wait until uh speed week starts uh down in florida and that i think that's movie time for sure but yeah. <laughs> we'll have nothing to fucking talk about <laughs> but yeah get those recommendations in I guess this is a good time to talk about short track racing in the United States real quick. Come mm -hmm. on down and do the fucking septic tank with your Uncle Rob. Ooh. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a... I'll, I'll import a flushing noise right here. You should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try and find that um, that wave file. Uh, but it was, it was actually a very busy weekend. We already talked about the Turkey Derby. Or, sorry, the Turkey Night Grand Prix. Kyle Larson getting that win. Uh, kind of a boring show. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, best of the last midget race of the year, as far as I know, up until uh, DeCoin happens in January, which is next year. So that's it. Uh, the Turkey Derby at Wall Stadium happened. Uh, it was a fucking another long modified race in New Jersey. It's how they tend to be. Lots of cautions and angry people. Um, Andrew Krause just completely ran out of talent and wiped out Andy Jankowiak, Arca star. Uh, you know, your favorite 11th place ARCA <laughs> finisher, Andy J, um, was going to win this race. But then, yeah, Andrew Krauss uh, ran into him like everybody else that night and handed it to Matt Hirschman. Big fucking surprise. I think he took home like 13000 for the win or something like that. Uh, but uh, no one got DQ'd from that one. But Danny Baum did get DQ'd for like lesser behavior, in my opinion, on a restart. In the middle of the race, which proves that you actually can make big decisions from the tower, and uh, people will still bitch about it. So uh, that was a fun race. Took about five hours to finish, uh, and thanks Jesus. to our friend Jay Pennell <laughs> for hooking me up with the Racing America link there to to watch that. Um, I have a question. Yeah, uh, I watched that highlight video that you sent us. Yeah, and I could have swore I kept hearing the name Truex. Was I hearing Ryan Truex was in the race? Oh, okay. I'm, just, I'm sorry, not Ryan. Tyler Truex, who is Ty related. Oh, the other Truex yeah, brother. Now, all of them have raced at Wall. Ryan did a lot more racing at Wall than Martin did. Uh, and I, maybe I'm wrong about that. But I know for a fact that uh, Ryan Truex and his uh, youngest brother or cousins, he's definitely a Truex and is related to uh, our favorite Toyota driver, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, but yes, that is, that is Tyler. Gotcha. Tyler, yeah. I don't know where he finished. Um, also, Ryan Flores, uh, he's a tire changer for Kyle Larson, I believe. He, uh, he managed to make his way into the show, but then had trouble almost immediately after the green flag dropped, so he didn't really go very he's far. He's a tire changer for uh, Blaney. That's right, yeah. yeah. But he, uh, he was in the race, and uh, good for him. So <laughs> it's tough to hop in a modified <laughs> and, uh, and race your way in. So 
Uh, but it was a big, big, big night, uh, or weekend rather, for uh, super late model and late model racing. Of course, this is uh, big race season uh, for late models. Uh, the Bill Bigley Senior Memorial at the Freedom Factory, formerly known as DeSoto. That's Cletus McFarland's place. He bought it and cleaned it up. Such a fucking sick racetrack. Uh, uh, Jet Noland uh, took out Johnny Sauter. You'll like that one, true love. <laughs> <laughs> he beat Johnny yeah. <laughs> Passed him with 17 to go and picked up 30000 for his time. Uh, 30000 uh very well-earned dollars uh, from the Georgia perspective, I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> and the big race of the weekend, of course, is the Thanksgiving Classic down at Southern National on Sunday. Butterbean Queen picked up a huge win over Josh Berry and Caden Honeycutt. Um, I'm going to post That's a link to fun. this in the show notes. Uh, this is one of the best late model finishes I've ever yeah. seen in my life. It was fucking incredible. Relatively yeah, clean racing. Laps. Yeah, it's and thanks to Matt Weaver for getting on the internet and just bitching at Racing America to post that, because otherwise this race would have been completely dominated by that big brawl that I'm sure all of you have seen in the uh, limited late model feature, uh, yeah. which happened before that. Uh, many people thought that was even the same race, which it wasn't. Um, so good on <laughs> Racing America for clearing that up and trying to show everybody the good in super late model racing or late model racing rather than uh, the moron stuff that we are so used to seeing. <laughs> I still never saw like what even triggered that. I didn't fight. either. Yeah. So, well, the, the reason for the fight was um, uh, Ryan Joyner completely just like drove it into the, like lifted the rear tires of Bradley McCaskill's uh -huh. car and sent him up into the fence. So that spilled over into the pits because obviously, you know, McCaskill's car was completely fucked. Uh, so he made it back down to the garage, and Ryan Joyner was down there with damage, and he reached in the uh, side window and pulled out his ignition plugs, which is a funny move to do. <laughs> and then an, I'm pretty sure he did it again. He did it to his uh, actual late model for the big feature, <laughs> which I love that move. It's very funny to me. Uh, but, yeah, make sure you do yourself a favor and watch uh, the final 25 the laps real race. or so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolute, that was a great battle. Incredible incredible racing uh and it's a, it's a shame that um it's still despite racing america trying to do right here it's going to get mm -hmm. overshadowed by that stupid you know redneck fight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which believe me i love fighting I, I love a good i love a good wreck i love a good fight i love all of it but uh, i'm just so tired of seeing these the default uh reaction to i'm upset at you is to just right. completely junk somebody so now uh, was this was this the same track where that Legends car went up in the fence? Yes. Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> totally they even, forgot about that. <laughs> did they even end up, like, starting that race back up? Because I had it. I was checking in. They and I was did, like, and oh. Keelan Harvick won. Oh, oh cool. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Keelan Harvick ended up winning. Uh, but, yeah, they, they started it the following day. But, yeah, that thing was part of the fence. And it might still be yeah. up there. I didn't <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like i said it's big um it's late model news day pretty much uh the pavement late model world is um uh, all eyes are on it because it's snowball derby week folks mm. Woo, yeah the snowball derby also on racing america uh eric jones Derek kraus carson hosevar sammy smith william byron noah gragson ryan priest william swalowich swalowich and ty majeski <laughs> <laughs> all the nascar related guys that are nice. in this That's event stacked lineup there he is william oh, byron noah gregson noah's up in there we'll see how well he does ryan priest of course driving for kevin harvick 
Uh, I forget who Eric Jones is driving for, uh, but yeah, William Byron in that 24 out there is always uh, a threat. He's an incredible late model racer, so um, yeah. I think everyone's got his name circled. And of course, Ty Majeski's uh, and William uh, Sawala Wiwiwicz. <laughs> <laughs> he, he won an Arca division, <laughs> the Arca basement division. He won this year, mm-hmm. so. Uh, also, Derek Griffith, the uh, pride of New Hampshire, uh, is going to be running. Everyone <laughs> loves to see the 12G out there. Uh, Gio Ruggiero, Bubba Pollard, Luke Fenhouse, of course, your SRX winner from uh, Slinger uh, a year or two ago. Uh, Steven Nassie, Derek Thorne, the Quaffle brothers are there. Everyone's there. Damn. God damn it. It's going to be a great race. And again, you can probably illegally stream that. And yeah, I'll send you guys the link because yeah, it's going to be really good. <laughs> it's a really fucking expensive pay-per-view. So, yeah. But <laughs> it's gonna be a great race. It always is, and tech always takes like six hours after the race is over. So that'll be something fun to stay up on Twitter and uh, get drunk too. Um, like I said, there's a lot of news here, so I'm gonna try and plow this as quickly as possible. <laughs> also, NASCAR related to the Cars Tour related, they uh, released their schedule for 2024. Uh, they also picked up sponsorship from Z Max for the whole series, which is a big deal. Um, I think the big highlight is that they're going to North Wilkesboro twice next year. One of those events being the season finale. I think the other one is definitely going to be involved with the all-star race weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, Hickory's also on there. Uh, Who else? Uh, Ace, all the usual suspects, uh, Caraway, all those tracks down there. Southern National is going to be on there as well. Um, Always fun to watch. Also, the Pass Tour uh, announced their schedule pretty much on the same day, I believe, uh, which is today. Uh, 40,000 to win event at Oxford playing speedway on july 4th which is pretty big i think that's the third major event they'll hold at oxford this year including the 250 and then the 400 at the end of the year uh, they're going back to thompson white mountain seacock star thunder road all the usual suspects there as well uh, no huge changes uh, but that is always fun to see a pass race uh, especially at thompson because they haul the mail there also uh for me personally thompson speedway is deciding to run memorial day monday that's right mm-hmm. folks so I'm going to get real shithoused and watch the 500 and 600 on Sunday and then drag my friends on down to Thompson for a nice Monday afternoon of super late model racing. So Hell yeah. that's going to be exciting. Uh, let's see. What else is going on? Uh, of course, like, yeah, Snowball Derby is pretty much the only game in town this weekend. Um, but the Chili Bowl, uh, the aforementioned Chili Bowl, did release its initial first 100 entrants. Uh, not too many really notable guys other than you know Sammy Swindell's on the list, Tanner Berryhill. Oh, Joey Amantea, J.J. Yaley, and Carson Hosevar, the big NASCAR guys uh, that have announced so far. Uh, Noah big, Gass. Big NASCAR driver. guys. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, hey, Carson Hosevar is a cup driver now. Um, oh, yeah. You don't usually see a lot of the major guys announced until a little bit later, but um, already 100 cars on the entry list, and I'm missing a lot of uh, the really notable guys, your Tanner Thorsons, uh, all the KKM cars, etc. But you can kind of guess who's going to be uh in that mix but uh you'll find out about it here uh down in the short track septic tank you can roll that flushing noise again yeah <laughs> and also too uh you, you go know in the bathroom real quick and flush <laughs> we didn't we didn't mention the uh the nascar awards are this weekend also, oh, like yeah. the general, the banquet and all that stuff, which I don't really ever watch well, that. Um, I it's love all fan voted now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was something separate. <laughs> I still don't understand what those awards were. Yeah. Yeah, that's on Thursday, and then they're going to air it. They're not airing it till Sunday. Oh. Yeah. So. 
And they don't even do the burnouts on Broadway in Nashville anymore, so they have taken away all the fun fan stuff. Yeah, they're going to run over all those praise and worship kids out there trying mm -hmm. to sing. Have you seen that shit on the mm -hmm. internet? In Nashville? Uh, yeah, they go down to Broadway and they sing, like, Our God is an Awesome God. Oh, and all the, like, bachelorette tractors going by? Yeah, nobody yeah. nobody wants any of it. Just <laughs> 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 go to Roberts and have a fucking bologna sandwich and... Yeah, yeah, watch the banquet on Don't your phone. Don't go anywhere else. Don't go street. anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of banquets uh, being broadcast uh, in the coming weeks. Again, like I said, the the only game in town really is the Snowball Derby this weekend. But the uh, Lucas Oil Late Model um, Banquet is happening. That'll be on Flow Racing. Um, and yeah, there's a couple more of them. I don't know why anybody would the USAC Night of Champions. Uh, who's watching any of this shit? I don't know. <laughs> look, look uh, Rob's we're point already, is we already flushed the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Rob's point is there's there is some racing going on this weekend, but you know where there's plenty of old races to watch? YouTube. And this week on our video of the week segment, uh, we go back to the monster truck racing series. Uh, and we were going to pick back up on this a few weeks ago when I was on uh, the VCR party show, but uh, it's back this week. And this week, uh, we jumped to 1988, which is really when monster truck racing starts to heat up quite a bit. Um, this is a video from St. Paul, Minnesota in either January or February of 1988. Uh, it's right it's at the beginning. It's fucking cold there. It's he fucking it was cold there. Negative cold. 10 degrees. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, you don't want to know. Um, now, I, ch I chose this video uh, a because again, it's the beginning of TNT series, and B, I, I really liked this build particular building. Uh, I remember one of the first ever TNT shows I saw as a kid was uh, this same race, but from 1989. And I really like how all the trucks are underneath the grandstands and like just sitting around the track. It's just a visual that uh, in a lot of these arenas you don't really see anywhere else. Uh, but addition to this, again, this is very, very early in the TNT racing series, and this is really the first nationally televised racing-specific series. Uh, these were, again, on ESPN. You know, the last one we showed from 87 was also on ESPN, but uh, became more of a regular thing in 1988. And, and you know, this video here, you don't see any tractor pullers. Uh, this is when they kind of start to break off the series and do two separate things. There is a, a brief quad racing series, which is towards the end of the program, but it's, it's very, very quick. But another reason why I chose this video is, um, you know, we've talked about Bigfoot. We've talked about how his presence over the entire Moss truck industry uh, was kind of overwhelming. I mean, it was the most popular truck in all of America uh, up up until around this time. This and this is when things kind of started to change because uh, this is 1980s when Bigfoot finally had some competition. And uh, I'll spoiler alert this: like he ends up losing both races this weekend. Um, and it's one of those things that if you're a new monster truck fan or if you won the only new Bigfoot and had never been to a show before or hadn't seen other trucks on TV, you might be kind of blown away when you watch this video. But uh, this video, um, you know, again, is on ESPN, uh, much like the rest of them. Uh, but we don't get Army Armstrong on this one. It's just Dave Grimm. And I, I mentioned Dave Grimm before in this series. Dave yells a lot, and he's really not much of a wordsmith um, compared to some other color commentators. He just kind of yells like, whoa, hey, and look at that, and, and you know, just random bullshit about the trucks getting crazy. It's like the uh, Michael Waltrip of Monster Trucks. Yeah. 
Oh, he's, wow, he's, look at that. <laughs> yeah, he, he literally, that's some of the stuff he says throughout this video and, and throughout every video that I've ever seen of him. Thankfully, probably halfway through the season, maybe even less than that, uh, Dave Grimm is gone, and they add uh, Army Armstrong back, and then they add a guy named Richard Leake. Yes, his name was Richard Leake. Uh, I didn't understand how funny this name was until I was an adult, but, uh, you know, as, as a kid, they hired somebody named Richard Leake. That's very but, funny. Uh, also my favorite part of the video. <laughs> well, that's that's or history we're, we're, anyway. That is. Yeah, we're we're not even there yet. There's going to be a lot of TNT videos uh, in the shown in this series because again, this is when racing gets crazy. But uh, here in St. Paul, um, the track itself, uh, they really uh, compared to some of the other tr uh, you know racing courses that we've seen previously. They tried to make this one a little more challenging. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that was uh, pretty common in arena racing, especially back then, um, you see the starting hill. Uh, there's a starting hill, set of cars, uh, a very brief uh, section between the two sets of cars with uh, a whoop in front of the uh, second set, which, if you pay close attention, um, they get rid of that after qualifying. Uh, they show a few qualifying runs of Gravedigger, Bigfoot, and maybe Awesome Kong, and this whoop before the second set of cars fucks the trucks up horribly. Like, it, they cannot handle this at all. The suspensions are horrible. Um, between qualifying and the first round of races, they get rid of that completely, so it's just kind of a nice smooth path between the two sets of cars. That said, uh, a lot of these trucks still aren't necessarily built to handle uh, these specific sets of cars and really jumping like this, but uh, let's get a brief rundown here of who's actually at the track. Um, you see Bigfoot come out first, which I guess shouldn't really be a surprise. I mean, he is, uh, at least at this point in, in monster truck history, the crowd favorite. He is the most well-known truck uh, throughout all any monster truck series, touring company, whatever you want to call it, he's number one. Um, so you, you see him out first qualifying. Um, next up, you see King Kong. Now, uh, brief little history about the Kong trucks. Uh, they're run um, by a set of brothers named Jeff and Steve Dane out of Colleen, Texas. Uh, one thing that a lot of monster truck fans don't know, and they especially didn't know this back then because uh, the Kong guys didn't have the money that Bigfoot did, there's a lot of dispute uh, in the monster truck uh collectors or monster truck fan world of which truck crushed cars first and a lot of people say king kong was the first they just didn't televise it at the same time that bigfoot was building up uh its business in missouri the the dane guys were building trucks in texas uh first off they did uh, king kong which is a maroon and silver truck that ashley's parents were actually photographed in front of at one point when they were uh, before ashley was even around i don't think i was um, one month old you were one month old there you go so <laughs> Uh, that that kind of will tell you how long those trucks have been around. Uh, after after King Kong, they built a truck called Awesome Kong, which that was a rear jet engine powered truck that I think might have been shown in one of the earlier videos. Again, it was a, a kind of a of mechanical marvel, but really didn't perform very well. Uh, in 87, 88, though, uh, the Dane brothers came out with two different trucks, Awesome Kong and King Kong. Later on, they ditched King Kong, or at least took it off the TNT series. Uh, awesome Kong became this skinny body truck. Like they basically cut the truck body in almost in half and, and made this truck body that was probably like four feet wide, I want to say. It was very cool and very unique looking. One of the first trucks on the circuit that 
didn't look anything like a production truck. Uh, that said, it was pretty unsafe uh, because of how narrow the cage was and it only ran for one season. But all that said, this is like one of the first times that the national public audience sees the Danes and they very much want to beat Bigfoot. And um, they drive their asses off in this race to do so. Um, uh, both the trucks get super squirrely in all their runs, but they're fast. Um, the first round of actual racing, uh, you get Jeff in the King Kong truck versus Barely Tame. Uh, Barely Tame, along with Master Disaster, were a pair of trucks that ran out of Minnesota. Uh, you really didn't see them on too many TNT events, but they ran a, a pretty much any big Midwestern show. Um, both trucks actually are still on the circuit today. Uh, the original owner, Doug Spanier, who keeps getting called Doug Spaniel <laughs> this whole this whole video. Um, he's no longer with us, but the names uh, were bought years ago, and they, they still are out there today uh, running around. Um, Quick question for you, Brian. Uh, yeah. The Gravedigger that appears in this. I don't remember seeing that in previous videos. Is this when Gravedigger and that team so, showed up? Yeah, this my next on my notes was Gravedigger. Okay, so this cool. is actually the the second ever Gravedigger truck. The first Gravedigger truck was just a mud truck. It was an old like 40s, 30s or 40s Ford that was red with yellow wheels. It was an actual basic pickup truck. This is technically Gravedigger 2 if you want to call it Gravedigger 1 as far as vans go, you know, some people call it that. It's also known as Grandma. This truck uh, was the first ever panel va uh, van version of Big of Gravedigger. It was originally gray and silver. Um, and then eventually uh, uh, Dennis uh, got this uh, hot rod painter to come in and design this truck. And there's videos where Dennis talks about the construction of, of this truck and, and how long it took this paint scheme to get finished and Dennis actually hated it like when it was first uh, getting done and like as he was watching the process happen he hated it but then once it was finally finished and glossed over you know it became iconic um, well, Dennis always loves, drove like oh go ahead everyone loves a six skull we've yeah, talked I mean, about that's, that on the, yeah. the show plenty of times that that is one of those I, you know i can't say i really want too many monster trucker racing tattoos but the skull is on my list of ones that i need to get done at some point no. so you don't want um, too many but you have a list of them well there's like one or, there's like one or two tattoos that i want to get the racing Short list. That's, that's that's one of them so anyways um the, again this is very early in gravedigger's run and this is before gravedigger was a household name but really the tnt series specifically is what uh, got gravedigger uh such a prominent role in the monster truck world gravediggers t-shirts outsold all other trucks like two or three to one and dennis's driving style in addition to how cool the truck looked was why uh why the truck was so beloved um however this is early on in the tnt run and dennis had a truck that still held together uh, it was one of the biggest problems throughout his career until he finally got a tube chassis truck in 1990 was uh he dennis drove the shit out of his trucks and always broke them for a long time it was because he ran um big supercharged motors that were too powerful and he would just break transmissions every race the one that you're probably thinking of uh rob is is digger two which uh in 1989 they debuted that truck it's a little bit longer they switched from a ford panel wagon to a chevy panel wagon to match the motor um and the paint scheme changed a little tiny bit, but uh, the truck itself got got a lot faster, but again, broke quite a bit. But here in 1988, uh, 
the short wheelbase kind of helped the truck, I think, get over the cars a bit better. You can kind of see the short wheelbase in the rear engine. Uh, he kind of picks the front end of the truck up and is able to kind of put it on the front of the cars, which he gets over a bit faster than the others. He can't jump quite as far, but he's fast. Yeah, I, um, I definitely thought it was cool to see that truck, uh, to see Gravedigger in its early configuration, because it has its own thing yeah. now, and this is just a pretty, almost like a sick-looking hot rod. <laughs> yeah, and in addition to that, uh, I think most most people know Gravedigger now as being out of Kill Devil Hills, uh, you know, the Outer Banks, North Carolina area, but this is when Dennis was still based out of Virginia, because um, that's where the truck was originally based. Uh, and again, everybody in this entire field is out to beat Bigfoot. Um, there, let's see, we get to... We did King Kong and Barely Tame. Uh, next up is Master Disaster over General Ben, which I talked about you know those trucks just a minute ago uh the next one up is bigfoot over barbarian which i think barbarian was in the last video also barbarian was just a big orange ford like a early 80s ford that uh, did a lot of these events but was pretty slow and didn't usually make it past the first round like a parks and rec truck Kind of, yeah. Um, the next up is Leadfoot versus Carolina Crusher. Uh, Carolina Crusher really became one of the more iconic trucks in racing. Uh, really, Gary was Gary Porter, the driver uh, and owner of the truck. Uh, he was a true independent, never really had a ton of sponsorship money, but always was very fast, always kept his trucks together. Rarely ever, I don't even know if he ever rolled the truck, at least on TV, um, but he was always up there. He'd always make it to the semifinals, usually to the finals sometimes he'd win uh this is early on in that in his career uh but he puts on a good showing uh he beats leadfoot uh which leadfoot was another truck out there that um uh broke quite a bit uh and this is another one of those examples of a steering knuckle that breaks off on the cars which we saw that in a bunch of the other older videos um leadfoot at this time was really not yet ready for racing uh the next video uh, the next race in the first round, we see Awesome Kong, which I explained later became a skinny truck and was very fast, uh, versus the Madman, which this truck, believe it or not, became Thunder Chicken. Uh, Kid Raring, <laughs> uh, the original owner of the truck, uh, you know, he's in here and, and almost beats Awesome Kong. Uh, a weird thing that uh, was really inconsistent about monster truck racing uh, up until the 90s was the placement of the start finish line or the finish line i should say and if you notice here the finish line is actually on the second to last car so like you don't have to clear the uh the actual set of cars to finish the race um so that's kind of why awesome kong ends up winning because really madman if he you were talking about getting to the end of the cars madman i think beat him there uh Next up is Master Disaster versus King Kong, and it's another easy King Kong victory. Uh, one thing I noticed before this next round, uh, Dave Grimm didn't get any of these names fucking right, and uh, on the screen, they kept calling Gary Porter Jerry Porter, which J-E-R-Y. Who the fuck ever spelled Jerry that way? Doesn't make any sense. And again, uh, to start this race off, uh, the Bigfoot, Bigfoot bias is very clearly here. Uh, you hear Dave Grimm uh, announce this match as this, this on paper would seem like a one-sided match just because of, again, how much people know Bigfoot and how storied that truck is and, and how many appearances he's made. But uh, Carolina Crusher puts on a good race here. Bigfoot still wins. Uh, next up, 
uh, awesome Kong versus Gravedigger, which is probably one of the best races of the night. And uh, Dave Grimm's announcement, I, I put this, uh, I go from no caps Gravedigger to uh, capitalized Grave and Digger and then Gravedigger all caps. That's how he announced this race. If, if Picture that in your mind, his tone, just upping each time he says Gravedigger. That's, that's how Dave Grimm announced this particular race. Uh, after the win uh we continue to interview dennis anderson because he continues to win and then he yells at dennis to take his helmet off because he's trying to interview him and he, he can't hear a thing he's saying i'm glad he uh, did because he was hiding a great mullet under that helmet <laughs> yeah dennis dennis had a great set of hair i mean young dennis anderson was was quite the looker himself to be honest and the hat he's wearing that foul play hat sells for like a thousand dollars on ebay now it's not even a monster truck hat it's just a weird old fucking southern hat um Let's see. Next up here, Carolina Crusher is back because he was the fastest loser. Um, what notes I have here? Oh, we see Jeff Dane gets out and gets interviewed. Uh, his quote is, my parents are here, so I'm going to give it hell. Uh, his parents came all the way up from Texas to see the Dane brothers uh, compete he against Bigfoot. So oh, yeah. Well, there. you think about a lot of these guys they were all in their early to mid 20s like all of them back then so so a lot of these guys now they're only in their 50s and 60s and yeah we're starting to see some of them you know pass on but a lot of them are still fairly young in the grand scheme of things um and it's wild to think of of both how young they were then and also now that they're like teenagers driving monster trucks and that just frustrates me um <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, and next up here is the race that everybody was looking to see, Gravedigger versus Bigfoot. And this isn't even the finals. This is the semifinals. Um, and here, here's where my, my uh, line before about uh, Gravedigger getting his front wheels on the cars and kind of rolling over the top of them. That's how Gravedigger wins this. This is a uh, pretty much dead even race at the very end and bigfoot gets a huge launch over the last sets of cars and actually almost clears the set and it looks like he wins but because dennis got to that second to last car first he ends up making it to the finals uh the quote from dave Grimm was are we having fun yet uh again great just a plus commentary <laughs> from dave uh <laughs> a quote from dennis anderson on his driving style and his uh his uh, sanity the elevator won't go all the way to the top you can believe that um that's how he describes himself and at the time he had about seventy-five thousand dollars into gravedigger which i mean shit is in the six figures somewhere uh doing the math converting that uh the next up here uh we see this little uh, quad race which again is really nothing to talk about i will say day two one of the quads goes off the track and either hits the wall or hits a truck i can't remember uh but day two day two is just as crazy as this first race and um uh to spoil that one uh jeff dane and awesome kong wins day two so bigfoot comes away from this weekend with no wins um, however, the finals for this day is King Kong versus Gravedigger. And again, both of them get pretty squirrely. Uh, King Kong gets completely ass sideways on the second set of cars, which allows Gravedigger to win. And Bob Chandler and Rich Hoosier from Bigfoot actually do a little bit of commentary on this since they weren't uh, in the finals. And I think that's interesting. Uh, Rich Hoosier actually became a regular uh, racing commentator after his days of driving uh, were over so this was a very brief little test run for him to say all of like two sentences so uh 
this concludes the uh, St. Paul Night One of the TNT uh, Winter 1988 series. And uh, what did you guys think of it? Again, this is uh, still very early in monster truck racing, but the trucks are starting to get beefed up here. They're starting to go a little bit faster. The course is a little more technical. And uh, the competition for Bigfoot uh, really shows up. So what did you guys think? Uh, it actually feels like motorsport at this point now. Like you can yeah. definitely see that it's become yeah. something beyond just sort of a you know, a thrill show or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I very much like this. Uh, <laughs> this is definitely my favorite iteration of all of this. I think, like I said, it was cool to see Gravedigger in uh, one of the early, less uh, less cartoony versions. <laughs> Though it's always been kind of that <laughs> that coupe, hearse kind of looking deal. So, Yeah. I mean, it was a huge selling point. It was one of the first trucks that really, at least in TNT, that, that had... A very extreme paint scheme like you know obviously a lot of them Almost had black on had black yeah black and black the big mural uh the graphics like a lot of them just had the names and, and maybe a little bit of graphics to them but gravedigger really had something different going on and from a marketing standpoint uh it really stood out i mean there were very there were no other trucks that that had merch like bigfoot until gravedigger came along right yeah what about you true love um yeah <laughs> uh, I mean like Rob said it was interesting to see you know the the early gravedigger like I I understood why you kind of picked this video too because it was the first time that gravedigger ever beat Bigfoot which didn't happen much that's the yeah. thing is is this was very early on in the TNT series and throughout the next three years, cause that's all this series ran like Bigfoot still won quite a bit, but in 1989, the truck was barely around at all. We'll get to that eventually. And, uh, Gravedigger didn't really win much either. Gravedigger was broke at least yeah. half the races. Well, in let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, mm-hmm. and this, this might be, uh, maybe it's too early along here. Uh, in the history or the timeline of the history of, of all this, but mm-hmm. uh, how much of a sport was this actually? Like it, it was the competition actually being judged from a, a standpoint, like a, another motorsport would be, or was there sort of like a wrestling kayfabe element to where like Bigfoot, Bigfoot's winning tonight? No, or, at, at, th- at this point, it, uh, was, it was all, yeah, it was all open competition. The, I, I think the thing that is different than all other forms of motorsports is, uh, the technology side of things was it was all kind of just run what you brung um yeah, for sure. you know the evolution things things progressed very quickly from 1988 to 1990 even really 1989 because again we'll get to it bigfoot eight when that comes out the entire sport changes yeah um but we're still a good year away from that debuting um but no i mean it was legit it was just a matter of you know, uh, so inconsistent with the money that was in the sport and, and who was able to build trucks that could actually not just hold up, but could compete. But because uh, so few trucks had the national exposure that Bigfoot did, a lot of people just didn't know what they were getting into. And a lot of a lot of these trucks started showing up and they were fast. Like USA One is surprisingly not here for this, but USA One actually was one of the fastest trucks for this three three years the series was around and that truck was pretty low tech compared to a lot of other ones but you know we'll get into that you know once we watch another video um you know it it was legit motorsport 
Yeah, there were a couple really close races in this video where they had to like go to the judges to review the video footage. Yeah, yeah and in and, and it only gets more intense as racing, you know, progresses. It wasn't really until I guess it was 93 or 94 when Monster Wars became a thing that it started to get a little bit cartoony. Although in saying that blood at this point blood sweat and gears was already out which had uh, wrestlers doing tug of war with Bigfoot, so yeah. you know that element was always there. Maybe it's the early level. '90s, mid '90s period that's making me sort of view this through that lens because uh, there mm. always seemed to be sort of, well, to me, wrestling and and monster truck racing do have sort of a kinship. Oh yeah, for sure. Just in the marketing um, and the, you know, it's more character based uh, than you know individual based or team based, even though there is absolutely way more to it than that. You know, so I feel yeah. like. Maybe that's my own like sort of layman's uh, perspective of it, but this well, definitely it's, feels it's... way more like uh, a drag racing event or something like that than mm-hmm. uh, what monster truck racing has sort of become. That's for sure. I I mean not not to jump ahead too far, but I mean that is kind of what TNT and and these guys wanted to do. They wanted to make monster truck a legitimate sport, but I think the unfortunate reality of it is, no matter how fast and how high tech you make these trucks they're still big goofy looking trucks and yeah, with names <laughs> yeah and and it's it's always even even as an adult like if you're into this stuff it's cool but it's still always gonna appeal more to kids than it's gonna to adults it's yeah. always doesn't fucking matter how serious you make it um sure, and yeah. trust me they tried to make it real serious and even a little adult way later on but uh <laughs> again way we're, we're years 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 from that stuff but uh but yeah For that's me as this, a kid the for me as a kid like bigfoot was that was my truck because that was the one that was huge for me when i was real young but then my brother came along and gravedigger was his truck he was obsessed with that truck as a kid but they had great marketing too that went along with that truck oh for sure um i'll say this uh in when Galoob came out with a line of Tough Tracks toys in it's either ninety or ninety one, I want to say, and the Gravedigger one was the one that was impossible to find. Uh, they had a few different scales, and like it took me months to find the Gravedigger one. Like you just couldn't find it anywhere. Um, uh, so yeah, Gravedigger. After it was really eighty nine, eighty eight, eighty nine is when Gravedigger started to blow up, and and. Uh, Oddly enough, that my hometown is is kind of where it all started, but we'll we'll get to that way down the road. Um, so that that'll wrap up the monster truck history lesson for this week. And uh, for next week, uh, like I said, I mentioned trying to find Driven on YouTube uh, to watch that, and eventually we'll watch it. But we'll find it. That, it got me to thinking. You know, I I got a lot of F one hate out last week, and I think everybody knows. <laughs> I think we all did. Yeah, we, 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 I think everybody who listens to this show kind of knows how we feel about F1. We all, you know, dislike it to different levels. I would say, again, I'm the top level hater ahead of all three of us. Um, but I, I, I'm I don't not think mad. You... I'm just disappointed. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in saying that, um, you know, I try to have, you know, I, it's not like I completely hate everything about the sport and its history. And, and, you know, this year, I think my fandom for IndyCar has grown just a tiny, tiny little bit. And recently I picked up, um, 
you know, another big collection of shirts. And in that collection were a handful of Nigel Mansell shirts. And that got me oh, to sure. thinking, you know, this is a guy who I've seen his shirts. You know, we, we the one IndyCar race in New Hampshire he was a part of. He's a name that I've seen around for a very long time, but really don't know shit about. So this week we're going to be watching the Nigel Mansell story, which is uh, like an hour 15 documentary about Nigel's history. And, uh, you know, he wrote, drove in both F1 and IndyCar. So right there you're covering uh, two different series. Uh, Rob kind of let it be known to me that Nigel was kind of seen as a bit of an asshole. Yeah. So I'm Especially interested to learn why. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know why he was considered an asshole. So uh, that's what we're going to be watching. I think it'll be a fun watch. Uh, you know, once in a while, it's nice to have a history lesson. We can't just all be anger and, and hatred over <laughs> For sure, Formula yeah. One. So. And his story, especially the IndyCar period, is fucking fascinating. Uh, he was only here for less than two years. So yeah, they, they uh, won a bunch, right? He won the championship in his rookie year. Uh, he got called back. It's a whole thing. We'll, we'll, I'm yeah. sure the video covers this. I haven't watched it yet. Um, yeah. We'll see if they cover it. Uh, we'll see how much of a real documentary it is, and I'll try and fill in the gaps since I do know the story a little bit. Uh, but that was a, um, a, I don't know what, 92 and 93 was sort of like the pinnacle of, I won't say motorsport for me necessarily, but that was certainly the time when I got into it, and it was certainly mm-hmm. a, a very much a changing of the guard period. And Nigel Mansell definitely loomed very, very, very heavily in that. Um, in a time where, like, Mario Andretti and A.J. Foyt were retiring, uh, you know, Ayrton Senna was still alive, Dale Earnhardt was still alive and still chasing championships. It was, like, ab- just absolute legendary levels of talent and um, the folk tales that went along with them. Uh, so, yeah, Nigel, again, wasn't in the U.S. for very long, but um, he did have a major effect on IndyCar at that time. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to talking about this next week. It's going to be fun. This is just that little description just kind of made me think back to uh, when I got my Sega Genesis as a kid. And one of the first games I ever got was the Formula One game. So like all the all these names like Senna and Prost and and Mansell, they're all like embedded in my brain, even though I don't know fuck all about any of them. Well, Nigel, he Um, he held both the kart title and uh, the Formula One title at the same time. And there was, a lot, wild. there was a lot of political uh, motivation behind that as well um, due to some contractual shit. And it's a whole mess. And I, again, I'm curious to see how much this documentary goes into all of that because uh, it all is pretty well uh, noted in the history books. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, crazy story from a very, very insane time in motorsports. And the fact that that sort of, uh, at least in my opinion, gets a little bit lost underneath all the cart drama that came later with the split and the IRL uh, and NASCAR becoming what it became uh, is fascinating to me because that was really one of the biggest news stories of the time. So it was Mansell coming over here. And he had a big Formula One crew before that too. So, Well, it sounds like I picked a good video. Yeah, fucking cheated up Williams, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that'll be next week. Uh, and I guess that's going to wrap up our trip to Applebee's this week. I think so. Uh, as as always, you can find us at meet me at Applebee's on Instagram, meet me at the bees on Twitter. Uh, I'm Speedway Screens on all the things, all the big holiday sales just wrapped up, uh, but I still got plenty more shit to be selling. Uh, I got some more jackets coming out and all that stuff for the holidays. So, SpeedwayTSJ.etsy.com and True Love, what are you selling? Mm, I'm uh, just, 
I'm not selling anything, but it's Snake Mountain. <laughs> True love, it's your turn, Rob. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on the internet. <laughs> Rob Motes underscore unofficial. Um, my band is going in the studio next weekend to re- record some new shit, so that'll be fun. Um, and I'll be watching the Snowball Derby on my phone. And uh, I'm sure most of us will be watching it through some sort of illegal Czech Republic website. Um, because racing America is expensive, so yeah, I, mean, I will. I will say that that the link that you sent, oh boy, is that a good fucking website? I Woo! hope it never goes down because it's, oh, it's it's got best. all the stuff on it. It's every, great. Every event imaginable, even the short track stuff. Yeah, I, I will never share that on this show to protect yes. uh, this for ourselves. So you go find it, motherfuckers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But yeah, my band, These Wild Plains, will have some new stuff to show you at some point in the next couple of months, uh, which uh, I'm very excited about. Also, uh, despite my recent unemployment, uh, I got laid off. I don't know if I mentioned that on the show or not, but that has not thwarted my Chili Bowl plans, so I will be going to the racetrack within the next six weeks. I'm very excited about that. If you happen to be going to the Chili Bowl Nationals in Tulsa, hit me up. I don't know what days I'm going to be there yet, at least Friday and Saturday as part of my plan, but my family lives out there, so I can pretty much pop on whenever i want um yeah, what first chili bowl right very first chili bowl so i'm nice. incredibly excited uh to experience this event especially with some of the buddies i'll be experiencing with it with what weekend is that it is the uh the 7th through the 14th of january i believe oh that's that's right when i'll be uh, at the round table doing yeah. that although i guess mm-hmm. i could go the next weekend but fuck i don't know if i want to go to oklahoma in the winter it's yeah it's <laughs> a little tough uh, <laughs> But I will be there, and I'm very much looking forward to it. And uh, if you're going to be there, let me know. We'll meet up, and we'll have some fucking marshmallows and shit thrown at us by the rowdies. So It'll be fun. I might be going to Alabama this weekend to do some racing-related stuff, but we can talk about that next week if nice. that happens. We'll fucking see. <laughs> the jury's still out on your plans? Well, you know, the weather. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. I got nothing going on. Not, nothing until January, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, should we get the check? <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're good. We hadn't seen our waitress in like an hour, so it's pretty dead in here today. It's cold out, like you said. It's so cold. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for tuning in again, and we'll talk to you next week. See you guys.